with another edition of the Sheehan Show as we prepare for the first Bellator card of 2022 as Bellator 273 goes down at the Footprint Center in Phoenix, Arizona over in the United States and uh, we have another heavyweight clash in the main event here after the one uh, uh, at the UFC last week uh, with the interim champion taking on the uh, the champion uh, and unifying the belts uh, two weeks in a row here now. Very different fight. Uh, very, very different fight, but we'll, we will get into that as we, uh, as we progress here. Um, I've been doing these Bellator previews now for what, three or four months, I suppose, and a lot of the cards have been pretty good, to be honest. There's been some very good up-and-comers on the undercard, some fun matchups, and some very good main events culminating, I suppose, at the, um, on the 3rd of December last year in the last Bellator card with what for a lot of people was the knockout of the year when uh, Sergio Pettis came back and beat Kyoji Haraguchi in some people's comeback of the year as well. So that was a, that was a fantastic one. There, you know, the, obviously we had the, the Dublin card uh, a few weeks before that or maybe a month or two before that. And we have another one coming up. So we have some good cards coming up as well. This to me not the best card in the world. I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I don't. Uh, I, I was looking through it here. I, I'll break down some of the fights for you and some of the people who I think are are, uh, are are standouts in this. And to you know, we have some good things on this card, like you know that you like from Bellator cards, the up and comers, um, some good matchmaking and a title fight. Look, we have all that, but not the best um title fight in the world not the one that's gonna stand out for a lot of people i don't think and as well some of the i think the up-and-comers on this card are maybe uh not exactly the uh <laughs> in the matchups that maybe we would uh we would want uh, but i suppose that's uh, maybe neither here nor there and uh we can uh we can get over that i suppose and uh <laughs> and get on with the uh the uh the card and the breakdown of the card because um look it is an important card the first card of the year is always an important one with Bellator this is kind of a thing they've done though you know when they came back after uh, the stoppage due to the coronavirus last year they didn't put on the best card in the world and a couple of cards later they had better ones there's some good fights coming up with MVP versus Amasov and uh, you know the, the the Dublin card as well and and some others uh but um, <laughs> I don't know. This one isn't as stacked, maybe, as uh, as you would expect. But let's go from some of the bottom fights up to the top. And look, the, the standout thing for me is the guys kind of the up and comers on the undercard here. Sullivan Cawley, two and all with two knockouts again uh, against Big Tuna Bin Parish, who kind of uh, set himself alight on social media and everything like that with his massive knockout in his last fight and the um. Uh, and and the interview afterwards, uh, he's a dangerous guy, you know, five and one now in his career. But Sullivan Colley looks to be a top top prospect. It's definitely an interesting fight, and I was saying maybe they they don't have the best matchups for the up and comers. I, I think this is the exception to that. I think this one is is a good one, um, and I think this is a very very good fight. Um, I like Sullivan Colley here. To be honest, I think uh, I think he'd be a bit of a favorite. I don't know maybe the vet and show we'll we will look more into that when it comes. But I think. Um, yeah, I, I, it's it's going to be a difficult fight again for Bill Parrish, but it's a good test for Sullivan Colley uh, at the same time uh, as well. Didn't Dalton Rostaff 5-0, he's fighting Dwayne The Rock Johnson. What a name, what a name. You have to call yourself The Rock if your name is Dwayne Johnson, don't you? And he certainly has. Um, 
look, Ro- Ro- uh, Dalton Rasta, a lot of people are talking about him as the biggest prospect in Bellator at the moment. Uh, lots of knockouts on that 5-0 and record. And he'd be looking to get another one here, so he's definitely one um, I would be uh, I would be tuning in for. Then we were Almeida versus Josh Wright, um, and Lucas Brennan versus uh, Ben Lugo. I I like Lucas Brennan. I think he's a he's a very good fighter and definitely one of the the prospects in Bellator that I would be keeping an eye on. I think he's. You know, I think he's legit, honestly. I think he's very, very good, and I would be definitely keeping an eye on him. 5-0 and against Ben Lugo. To, uh, that's an interesting one as well. Um, Bellator veteran side Wad is on the card as well uh, against Christopher Gonzalez, who's only 6-1. and one. That's an interesting one. There must be something there with Christopher Gonzalez when he's fighting a lad with nearly 40 fights. Um, but that's that's basically like the the undercard I would say from there. I'm not sure what the the main event card, the main fights yet, but I would say that would probably be the undercard with the rest uh, on the uh, on the main card. Then um, I looked look I I watched a good few of these fights and the one the standout fight for me or so a good few of these fighters preparing for this. The standout fight for me almost on the whole card I would say is uh, Henry Corrales versus Aiden Lee now. And I watched my last preview uh, when Henry Corrales was fighting. He fought Pabrushenko in his last fight, who is a very good fighter, in my opinion. A very good wrestler, small, squat, tough matchup. And Corrales went in there as someone maybe known as a knockout artist, and he won the decision. And I, when you win a decision like that against someone like that, I, I've always had great respect for Henry Corrales. I think he's a very good fighter, but... I think maybe something has been added to his game, you know? I think an extra bit of fight IQ, an extra bit of intelligence, an extra, an extra bit of experience, while still carrying, you know, that knockout power, while still carrying all of his ability. I think that, like, wins like that, even, even you know, what, 25 fights into his career now, I think they mean they mean a lot. Maybe they don't mean a lot to the watching public, but to someone like Corrales, who I'm sure went in and looked at Pabrachinko and knows how good of a fighter he is, that was that was a very good win. It was a close, you know, it was a close run fight enough. Uh, Henry Corrales definitely deserved it, but I think that will give him extra confidence. And this fight against Aiden Lee, you know, Aiden Lee is a guy obviously who's been on the, the scene over here for a long time, coming out of England. I watched a few of his Cage Warriors fights back today, and you know, he's one of those guys. He's a kind of a he's a long fighter in an odd way because he fights with like his head down uh, coming in and then he throws that front kick right up through the middle he switches stances a a lot uh, during his fights and he's an exciting fighter as well he will look for the knockout when the fight goes to the ground he's very good jiu-jitsu he'll look um, he'll look for it there you know he'll always look for the finish on the ground as well which sometimes actually makes him uh, end up on, on the bottom as we've seen in a couple of his Bellator fights as well which against Corrales will be a little bit dangerous. Now, I think this one is going to be a stand-up fight for, you know, for the whole fight, basically. But I, the one time I think it will go to the ground is when uh, Aiden Lee comes in and he throws those kicks right up through the middle because Corrales will counter them. And if you think about it, if someone's off balance, they're throwing kicks inside, or not even off balance, but on one leg maybe, throwing those kicks inside and someone comes straight down the middle and counters it. I think that will probably lead to the fight going to the ground. Now, if Aiden Lee can catch him with something and catch a submission, you could see him getting a finish there. But I think it'll be trouble for him uh, with uh, with Corrales on top. But I do think, you know, it could be one of those ones where there's three or four shots of ground and pound. You could see Lee going for a leg or something like that. And then, 
you know, Corrales kind of pushing off, getting back to his feet and fighting like that as well. I think Corrales, I, I, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it again maybe on the Met show, but I fancy Corrales here maybe to get the knockout. Um, as I said, he hits very, very hard. Lee is a big, big guy uh, for the featherweight division as well. And Corrales has fought down at 135, hasn't he? I'm, I should have looked that up probably before I shot this video, but I, I'm pretty sure he has. Um, but yeah, that to me is a standout fight. I think that's going to be 15 minutes or less of hard hitting, big kicks, big kickboxing, big punches right down through the middle. Uh, my kind of fight, you know, I'm looking forward uh, to uh, to that one. Um, the other couple of fights, I suppose, leading up until the main event and the co-main event, Sabah Hamasi, another you know guy who's been around for a long time, another guy who hits very hard against Jaleel Willis. Um this one, I think, is going to a decision. You know, Jaleel Willis has 10 of his 15 wins have gone to a decision. I look, a good, well-rounded fighter. <clears throat> you know, Hamasi the same, I suppose you could say. Uh, I would probably just about fancy him to win it. Maybe that extra bit of power might take a couple of rounds and see him getting the, the decision. <clears throat> Sorry, the decision win there, but... You know, I don't think that's going to be a barn burner. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. We hope it is. I hope I'm watching it next Friday night or whatever it's on. And uh, and I, I'm proved wrong. I would I would absolutely love to be, but uh, I don't know. I I have I fear for it uh, a little bit. Um, but the there's a very look when you look at Darian Caldwell against uh, Enrique Barzola. Obviously, Barzola was in the UFC for a good few fights. He fought Ivolev in his last fight. Um. And he's fought a good few lads in the UFC. What you could say about him after watching a few of his fights, look, he likes the brawl. He likes to throw those hands. He might not be the most technical, straightforward striker in the world, but he um, he loves to throw his hands. He's unbelievable cardio. Sometimes I like to, if you, if you see a fight that's gone to a decision, right, rather than watching the whole fight, Pick a minute in the first round, maybe between minute three and minute four, and then pick a minute in the third round, or or if it's a title fight, in the fourth or fifth round, and see the amount of shots that someone lands, the pace at which they fight, the shots that they're kind of absorbing, and how, just in general, all the, the pace of their fighting, rather than you know the game plan or anything like that, just the pace in general, and then do the exact same in the third, fourth, or fifth round, or whatever it might be. Uh, that you have. I did that for Barzola uh, in his fight against um, um, Bazette, I think his name is. I can't remember his name, but it was, I just pulled him up on, on UFC Fight Pass. Um, I think Matt Bazette or something like that. And he almost fights at a faster pace in the later rounds than he does in the in the earlier rounds. He just keeps going always non-stop. He is a guy who has a, a durability unlike many others. And, you know, in, in terms of... Uh, well, look, a durability in terms of the amount of shots he can take, but a durability in the cardio as well is just absolutely fantastic. Look, Darian Caldwell's going to need, I think, to, to take that take that cardio away from him. I think he's going to need to take him to the ground, wrestle him. But Barzola's a better wrestler maybe than than his uh, physique would, would, would suggest. He doesn't look like a wrestler. Like, he looks like a guy who can go 15 minutes and, and you know, throw fucking 500 shots or something like that. But he can wrestle. He picks guys up and puts them on their back. And he's very, very good at it. So it won't be easy at all for, for Darian Caldwell. You know, he's known, I suppose, as a wrestler. But he's been taken down himself before a couple of times and beating on the ground um so it'd be interesting to see how that goes Caldwell as well I think he needs to make Barzola pay 
for his brawling style if he does fight in that style. And, you know, I always think uh, we will always have to see if, if they do fight in that way after what Francis Ngannou did, <laughs> did the other day. Maybe they won't, you know. But uh, I, I think, look, I think... <sighs> Look, the logical thing would here would be to give Caldwell the win, takedowns, better wrestler, and maybe he will. But I don't know. I think I'm going for Barzola in this one. It might be uh, he might be the underdog. I actually, haven't looked at the betting lines or anything yet. I will obviously, as I said, do that later in the week. Uh, but I think uh, I think Barzola might have enough for him on the feet. I think he might be able to stop the takedowns and maybe even get in a few of his own. And the later the fight goes, Caldwell's cardio isn't as good as Barzola's. I don't think so. If it's even gone into the third round, I would I would probably favor Barzola. But look, that all changes if the wrestling game is won by Caldwell and if he can dominate in that area. He'll probably dominate the fight, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes in uh, in that one. Uh, then the top two fights uh, of the night: um, Benson Smooth Henderson, the former UFC champion of the world, uh, against uh, Islam Amedov, uh, twenty-one and one. I watched a few of his fights. Obviously, he's been in uh, the PFL for a long time. He been uh, beat Brent Primus uh, in his last fight by a split decision. Uh, look, he, what he is, he's a great chain wrestler. he get in on that front leg and hold on to it until he takes you down. He's absolutely relentless, non-stop. He wrestles and wrestles and wrestles and wrestles and wrestles until you kind of give in to his wrestling. And there is no stop in him whatsoever. On the feet, you know, he... <sighs> It's hard to see too much of him on the feet, to be honest. I went back on a while. I looked through five or six fights to see a piece of him on the feet. And you can see it. You know, he throws spin and stuff. He attacks the body. He, he throws with high kicks. But, and, and he's a lovely kind of, kind of straight back. And he switches into the southpaw stance at the odd time. And he throws that beautiful kind of backhand with the left. But he does it with the right hand as well. Um... And he attacks the single leg after it. And it's always single legs with him as well. Nearly always. Now, when he attacks in the middle of the cage, it's single legs. It's something you don't see often in MMA. But he, you know, he runs that pie, pulls him up and drags him down to the ground. Even if you stop it, he's lethal. Lethal at taking you down. And as well, when he gets to the ground, he's not one of those guys. Well, he can be at times. But he's one of those guys that... uh, Sorry. He's not one of those guys that gets on top of you and like secures the position for like a minute and then slowly passes and then slowly passes again and then lands his shots or goes for his submissions or whatever he's down secure pass within 10-15 seconds he is quick he is relentless with his grappling as well as his wrestling you know he will keep going all there to get into a better position to land better shots and he will throw big shots and big ground pound as well there's a reason why he has 20 wins on his ledger there this guy is legit he is very very good and you know we know Benson Henderson then very good wrestler as well BJJ black belt um very good chin a guy who lands at how high output are used to anyway I think he was a high output fighter for the time and in the when he was the champion and then the game kind of caught up with him a little bit and I think now he's kind of risen his output again in his last few fights that uh the Jackson fight he was a little bit better I think uh, in that fight I look Vincent Henderson's a guy who's rarely kind of wrestled and dominated in that position and it looks like Mamedov is going to have to do that to win this fight now it'll be interesting if it's on the feet because as I said with Vincent he's you know he likes to throw a lot of shots more now in these last couple of years maybe even I think he's tried uh, to do that again and, and get to that next level um, 
And I think he's going to have to do that here. Stop the wrestling uh, of Mehmedov, which is easier said than done, absolutely. And then land some big shots. Not some big shots, but lots of shots. And win maybe a maybe win a decision here. Uh, it's a very, very tough fight for Vincent Henderson or anyone on, on planet Earth against Mehmedov. He is that good. Um, and this is a massive fight as well because, look, I'm not going to lie. A lot of people see Patricky Pitbull as beatable as the champion there. You know, Peter Queeley beat him two two fights ago. And look, Peter Queeley wasn't probably even ranked before that. Uh, and he was able to beat him. I know it was the Dr. Stoppage and all like that. But I went back and I watched the fight. And I thought he was winning the fight anyway. Even though at the time, maybe I even thought Patricky was with him. But um, that's neither here nor there, I suppose. Patricky, a very good fighter, but a beatable fighter. I would definitely pe- pick Mehmedov to beat him. And I think Vincent Henderson might even fancy his chances. But this this is last chance saloon in a lot of, uh, in a lot of ways for Vincent Henderson. If he loses this, he goes very much you know, down the pecking order in that division. Uh, if he can beat someone like Medov, who is that good, it's going to be a, a great, great thing for Vincent Henderson's career and bring him back to where he wants to be, you know. Uh, and I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the fight. It's it's a very intriguing matchup, you know. I don't think it's going to be the best fight in the world, but it's a very intriguing in, in, uh, matchup altogether. And if, you, you know, it's one of those ones where you'll probably know in the first five minutes who's going to win it and who can win that wrestling battle if Mamedov is able to take him down and dominate him on top you know that's a tough spot for Vincent Henderson but if Vincent can keep the fight standing and land a lot of his shots and maybe avoid some of the big power shots from Medov, you you might fancy him or might fancy it to be a very very close fight so you know I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to that one. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of talking myself into looking forward to these fights here, even though I started saying it's not the uh, it's not the best card in the world. But the main event, this is not the best fight in the world. Now I'm all, I won't, I won't, I won't, I don't think I'll hype myself up for this one. Look, Ryan Bader to me, this is a, maybe the, the second or third time I've previewed his fights here on on Sherdog. Um, I I think he's shot. To be honest, I don't think he's the fighter he was. He's looked horrific in his last three or four fights. Um, I know he's beat Machida in that as well, and maybe one other win uh, in there, but Machida, you know, is at a latter stage of his career as well. I just think Ryan Bader isn't the fighter he used to be. Um, I think Ryan Bader is... This is his last fight, a big title fight. Um, I just think he... I don't know if he lost motivation. He lost his athleticism or something. He's just not as quick as he used to be. He's taken too many shots. Um, he's too easy to hit. And his wrestling doesn't seem to have the same kind of oomph as it once had. And, you know, Bader improved his hands an awful lot as well at one stage of his career. And he was, um, you know, he was becoming a, a better boxer. Um, but that seems to have all kind of gone out the window now. And... I wouldn't have much hope for him in this fight, to be honest. Um, with that said, I don't think Valentin Moldovsky is the most exciting fighter in the world. You know, he's 11-1, and one, and he can, look, he can do it all. It was, uh, some of my notes here, I was taking now after watching a few of his fights. Against Big Country, did a lot of dirty boxing, a lot of pushing against the cage, a lot of short shots inside against uh, Xavi Ayala, combat he used his sambo background you know fighting out a team fader pulling him to the ground making it dirty and rotten with ground and bone and just holding on to him and he showed his striking in against tim johnson and linton vassell for at times in that fight as well um so he can fight differently in all different realms lots of decisions on his ledger at 11 and 1 um but he fight as i mentioned he fights differently but you know what he also does he fights to the level of his opponent 
Um, which is grand if you're fighting maybe up a level or if you're fighting very good guys. But if you're fighting Ryan Bader and you're fighting to his level where he is now, I think that's a little bit of a a little bit of a worry. So I'm, I'm not sure how that's going to work out. Look, I think Moldovsky is going to win this at a canter. I think he's going to win it easily. Um, I think he probably take Bader down at a couple of stages throughout the fight and if you're like a fan of Moldovsky or if you're Bellator I, I, I think you need Moldovsky to get the finish here I, I think Bader is there to be finished at this stage of his career and if you're Moldovsky as I mentioned like 11-1 now to move to 12-1 with that division maybe not being the strongest in the world a big win over Bader can really make you you know make your name and um, you know turn you into the the undisputed champion with a with a big win like that so look the name and the win over better is the most important thing here <clears throat> i don't think it's the same better though um I think, look, I think there'll be a bit of kickboxing for a, a portion of this fight early. I don't think Bader will do too well. And if he doesn't, Moldovsky might stick at that and keep going with it. But I do think as well he will get a couple of takedowns throughout it. And I would expect to finish kind of midway through this fight. So, look, all in all, not the best card in the world. Not bad either. I'm looking forward to some seeing some of the up and comers, the likes of Dalton Rusta and um, you know and Lucas Brennan and Cawley against Parrish and others as well. Aiden Egan's Kralis to me fight at night written all over it. Uh, and uh, you know interested in the common event, Benson Henderson versus Islam Mehmedov, but that main event. I'll take I'll, I'll take or leave that one now to be honest, but yeah, right. I will leave it at that. Uh, let me know what you think of the card. If I'm maybe I'm being a little bit harsh on it. Everyone's saying I was very positive on my uh, my short dog breakdowns recently, so I had to be, uh, bring a bit, <laughs> bring a bit of negativity to this one. But to me, you know, it, it deserved it a little bit. They might kill me, and uh, I'd be meeting all the Bellator crew in Dublin here in a few weeks, so they might kill me. But they have some good cards coming up, and they've been doing some good things. So I won't be uh, I won't be too mean to them. Right, I leave it at that. My name is Sean Sheehan for Shardog.com. Thank you for watching and I'll see you all next time.